Hello Aggie fans, welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk. This is your host Parker Ballantyne and joining me again is Jacob Nielsen. Jacob, glad to have you back. How have you been? I've uh, been super well. It's good, uh, good to be back good. on the show. Have we had John since we kicked off? I believe once. I, w- I was on the, the, the post game story from Washington State. Oh yeah, that's right. You were on the on the Monday morning show for uh, after after Washington State. That's right. So real quick, how are you feeling about Aggie football? We haven't had John for a minute. Uh, how are you feeling about how everything is going? Oh, well, it's uh, quite the start to the season. First time the Aggies are 2-0 and since 2012, and first time an Aggie football coach in his opening year has gone 2-0 since... Um, uh, 1919. Since 1919. E.L. Dick Romney. Dick Romney, yeah. the legend himself. I mean, yeah, I put out a tweet about that like a couple of days ago. Like, last time this happened, we named a stadium after the guy. <laughs> Mavericks has since taken over the name rights, but that's pretty significant. Mm. Yeah, Athletics that's, that's, is sold out yeah. to... Corporate sponsorship, but <laughs> hey, hey, take it easy on Maverick. Whoa, whoa. We, we love Maverick. Um, but yeah, that that is like I mean, Blake Anderson. It's only been two games, and I always have to kind of rein myself in, like tell myself not to be not to be too excited or not to be uh, too biased or too much of a homer. But Blake Anderson's definitely putting himself in great company there with Coach Romney. I actually have a piece that went in the football preview. I kind of talked about Coach Romney. Uh, Coach Romney was kind of the Gary Anderson before Gary Anderson. Um, before before uh, Coach Romney, Utah State was not really. Uh, a nationally recognized team, but Romney was the one that really built the program into what it was. And then, you know, obviously Coach Anderson, Gary Anderson kind of did the same thing back in the in the 2010s just kind of with the resurgence of the program. So definitely uh, surrounding himself with, with some big names is Blake Anderson. Did football actually exist before Romney? It did. Walked the face of the earth? It did. Well, no. <laughs> Romney invented football. No, actually. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Dick Romney is um, the inventor of football. It's actually, we actually had a coach named Mysterious Walker. There was a coach like early, early on. That's a good, that's a good poll, Mysterious Walker. Mysterious Walker. And I think he, he coached football and basketball. And I'm pretty sure his football record was not that good. But he was like undefeated in basketball or like the other way around or something. No, no, he was actually pretty good at football. And then like, like coached two seasons of basketball and didn't win a game or something. But it was like. Back, back before, before. That's shocking because we're a basketball school. We are a basketball school, <laughs> but not in not like, that not in the, the 19 that was, teams. Yeah, that was like the Utah College of Agriculture. But anyways, yeah. So Aggie football is looking good. We're, we'll talk about that kind of later on in the show. That'll be a, a majority of the show today. Just talking about Utah State gearing up for what I have said is the biggest game of the season for a couple months now. I've been I've been really uh, I had this game circled on my calendar for a while. So they're gearing up to go play the Air Force Academy this weekend. Let's take a quick look around campus before we do that. I know you've been uh, watching Manny Martins and his soccer team pretty closely. Um, I've been up to a couple games. If you haven't been to games, you got to be going to those games. Got to go to the Bell. I love the Bell. Like, it's it's fun. Like, people always bring their dogs, and, like, there's always free T-shirts and stuff. Soccer games are really fun. So if you haven't been to one, go. Um, if you're And if you're going to go, go this afternoon. They're playing Utah. Um, but, Jacob, tell us a little bit about uh, what soccer is doing and what they have coming up. All right, so Utah State soccer, they – are on a tear to start the season. They've actually been on a tear for from the, the end of last season. They're on a 12-game unbeaten streak, which means they've either tied or won their last 12 games, and that is a program record. They have never gone 12 games until now without losing, so that's a pretty astounding way to start the Manny Martins era. So they're 6-0-1. They tied against Idaho State, but then they've beaten six teams, including two NCAA tournament teams from last spring, in northern Arizona in Utah Valley and so they've looked well one thing that's been kind of happening is Manny Martins has talked about this himself but there's been a little bit of complacency which is kind of a crazy word to be thrown out early in the season yeah yeah but the past two games 
they played UC River, Riverside and Marquette. And Marquette's a big name, but they're not actually that great at soccer. They're a basketball school. And they're a basketball school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just squeaked by UC Riverside. They were losing for a lot of that game and then scored two second half goals. And yeah. then with Marquette, they gave up a gimme and went Since to second three, overtime. Yeah. They almost tied, right? And so Mar- Manny Martin's talked about how he thinks his team's gotten a little bit complacent, which I haven't totally seen that because I think the team culture and they have a lot of senior leadership and they're really strong. I think it's more him just being hard on his girls more than anything. But yeah. they have... For as good as they've, as they've looked early on in the season, the past two games were a little bit sketchy. Yeah. And so it's either put up or shut up time because this is the week to end all weeks for USC soccer. Because today they play the fight in the University of Utah Utes, the running Utes. The battle of the sisters. The right? battle of the, the that, sisters coming up to Logan. <laughs> to uh, And so everyone's got to roll up. 5 p.m. today at the bell. Be there, be square. I'll tell you this much. The Aggies are not going to be acting complacent today. They're going to come ready to play. Yeah. And then they got to go down to Provo, down to P-Town, and take on the Cougs on Saturday or something. I was going to say Sunday, but then definitely ain't on Sunday. They don't play on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I believe it is Saturday. Um, BYU and Utah are both pretty good. They played each other, and they tied earlier. And yeah. so it's going to be two really tough games, but uh should be two really exciting games. So, yeah, yeah USU soccer is relevant. Um Manny Martins is a lot of fun. The way that they play, their style of play, is, he says they play on their front foot a lot, which means they're just running at you. A lot of a lot of teams kind of wait for the game to come to them and then create, but they're pretty much just trying to create havoc the whole game and be aggressive and get steals and get easy goals and stuff. And so it's a lot of fun to watch them. And they got lots of great players like Ashley Cardozo and De'Ara Walton. So, yeah, come to the bell today if you got time. If not, we still got all the conference play. So If not, make time. Make time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what, what do you got? What's What do you got going on? What, yeah. What's better than the bell on a no, Thursday so, afternoon? You got work? Psh, skip yeah, work. skip work. Homework, I don't want to hear it. It's still early in the semester. We don't, it's not finals week. We're so just over we'll two weeks there. in. Who's yeah. got homework? Yeah, who's, so be there. Who's actually been studying? Um, and yeah, let's let, let's stick it to Utah. If they won't play us in football, you know, they they won't come play the Battle of the Brothers. Well, we'll play them in soccer and we'll uh, we'll get the win there. And then BYU still plays us in football. But, you know, it's still fun to beat them in every sport we can. So big week coming up for uh for Utah State soccer, and they've they've looked really good. That's funny that Manny Martin's is uh, he's I think he's pretty hard on. I think you're right. I think he's just being hard on the team. I've um, seen I a was, little bit of it too, though. To be honest, I mean, so I've seen exhaustion. I haven't seen complacency, and I think it just depends on how you look at it. Because that Marquette game, I was there, and we're we're going back like a couple weeks now. But like that Marquette game was like a double overtime game, after a double overtime game to a UVU like a really good soccer team. So I think they got tired there for a minute. But I'm hoping. You know, I mean, tired, you can be physically tired and mentally tired, so maybe that's where the complacency comes from, but hopefully they can get their legs fresh, get their minds right, and go into this week. Not complacent, not tired at all. So keep an eye on them. If you haven't been to the Bell, go. They're non-ticketed events, and so you just kind of show up whenever. And today uh, at the Utah game, if you show up, the first fans, I don't know how many, like the first... I believe it's the first hundred. first hundred fans get a scarf, and they're sick. I've seen them. Like, they're pretty cool, like USU soccer scarves. So make sure you show up. Uh, anything else around campus going on? Volleyball's doing great. Volleyball is doing great. Yeah. They've I'm going to say a little bit, of, little bit of something about volleyball, and this is more defense for me as the editor of The Statesman. We haven't been covering them very much so far, <laughs> which is going to change once conference play gets rolling. But they go to, to these faraway tournaments. Um, they, they started, I guess they hosted the first one. Yeah. But then they were in Montana. They were in the Bay Area. They're going to, like, no, oh, that was the last one. It was in the Bay Area. Yeah, so now, now it's just home in the ways. But yeah. it's kind of hard, you know, when – it's those early season tournaments that they're playing like twice a day. It's 
kind of hard to keep track of like yeah. oh this is happening but uh yeah they uh they lost last night to UVU 1 to 3 but they play uh their next home game is against Idaho State on September 18th and so, so and that's at the Estes so be there so the Wayne Estes be there uh make sure you come to those games as well um if you don't really follow volleyball like Jacob's saying it's kind of like a weirder not not a, not a weird sport but it's structured differently because uh, you know you go play tournaments you play two games in a day three games in a day so if you're just a casual Utah State football basketball fan that might sound kind of foreign so if you don't understand volleyball just understand our volleyball team is good. Honestly, all three sports we have going right now are really good. Yeah, so, mean, or looking really good. Yeah. It's still early in all three, but they're looking good. Yeah, like Rob Nielsen, he's the he's a second year volleyball coach. He's revamped the roster, much like the football team has done. He's really utilized the transfer portal and yeah. stuff. And so, yeah, they deserve it. Like everyone else, they deserve our support. And then the final Olympic sport I want to bring up. We're touching all the bases here. Yeah, cross country. They're getting rolling. They had like they had a meet like last week, but nobody. It was an invitational, like they invited other schools, but then nobody actually came. Yeah. So it was just like them yeah. <laughs> scrooging each other. But the men's team is ranked, I believe, number 11 in the country to start the season, which is really impressive. So they got my boy Caleb Garnica. He's the fastest. I've flexed this before, I believe, to you, but I'm going to say it for the podcast. Go for it. Go for it. Caleb Garnica is the Mountain West champion for in 2020 for cross country. I defeated him at the state race both of our senior years, the two-mile 3,200 at the Utah State Race in Provo. Wow. I beat him by four seconds. Could you beat him right now? Hell no. <laughs> no way. Absolutely not. That dude is a beast. He trains like nobody's business. Like, he's got to be – if you look at some of the hardest-working athletes on our school, like, you got to yeah. – don't look any further than the cross-country team. Like, the yeah. hours they put in and – just their whole everything that they do is consecrated around it, like their eating habits when they go to sleep and stuff. So yeah, they're they're dedicated athletes. Kind of like swimming and like wrestling, like everything they do, it's always in the back of their mind. Well, this may be faster or slower. That's enough about Olympic sports. So let's talk about football. We talked a little bit briefly, just to kind of open the show, kind of where Utah State football is. Um, but they are two and zero right now. Like Jacob said, for the first time since two thousand twelve. Which, if you weren't born yesterday, you will remember as being one of the best seasons. Um, probably in the history of, of Utah State football. Um, 2012 was a huge season, so... Um, Parker, it was nine years ago. What do you mean? There's probably baptized children that weren't alive for... But they've learned. It's true. They've yeah. learned. Even the most casual of Utah State fans know the, you know, the 2012 year. And oh, for sure. Everyone, for sure. everyone has heard of, uh, you know, the Brothers Vigil or Kyler Fackrell or at least Chucky Keaton, right? So everybody kind of knows 2012. So... Yeah, coming off a week one beating Washington State in Pac-12 country. We've talked about that. Um, and then last week, obviously, beating the uh, North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Um, but before we move really forward, I do want to, you know, starting the t- starting 2-0, I don't want to make a bigger deal of it than it is because, like I've said, it's it's we're on week three. It's only been two games. But I will say, after starting the season, I think most people fully expected us to be 1-1 one one at this point. And I'll, I'll admit I was, too. Um, I was a little bit expecting us to be one and one because um, I kind of figured we would probably drop that Washington State game, um, but we, you know, we go in there, we win, we're two and zero now, and it kind of, for me at least, has changed my entire outlook on the rest of the season. Like my perspective has changed a little bit. All of a sudden, it's week three, and I'm not saying that we should be ranked in the top twenty-five or that we should be uh, receiving votes or anything like that, but suddenly my mindset is 
you know, could we be two weeks away from in being in that conversation where I didn't think we would be in that conversation, you know, preseason, I didn't think we'd be in that conversation after week four. But all of a sudden we look and it's like, okay, if we win the next two games, we have wins against a Pac-12 team, Air Force, Boise State. So, you know, being 1-0, and starting the season with a win is such a privilege that we don't have here a lot at Utah State. Uh, we've been on the wrong end of that game a lot. And so, again, I don't want to make a bigger deal of it than it is. But being 2-0, it's, it's a good feeling. That's all I'm trying to get at, really, is I get, it feels good to win football games. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, it is too early to have the, oh, are we going to be ranked conversation. Yeah, Because certainly. Washington State's probably lower tier Pac-12, and then we beat at FCS school. Yeah. Even though, I will say, why the heck did we ever schedule one of the Dakotas? Like you, you shouldn't. That's yeah. like rule one hundred and one. Or it's, if you have yeah, an FCS, it's, opponent. they're barely FCS. They're so yeah. good. And like Weber State too. Like I think it'd be fun to play Weber State because regionally. But you, you know, it doesn't make sense. They're yeah. such a good FCS team. So yeah, you're right. North Dakota. Yeah, let, let's let's, really let's stick good to FCS Stony teams. Brook again, and let, let's just schedule mm-hmm. Stony Brook every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like Colgate. I got a yeah. buddy that goes to Colgate. He said their football team just yeah, is barely division. Or like one. yeah, yeah. Could we play? Here's a, here's a good question. Can we just play um, New Mexico State twice a year <laughs> for, for our, our out-of-conference schedule, BYU, a Power 5, and then uh, New Mexico State twice? Twice. They're <laughs> not SES, so it, it counts as two. Yeah, it's, it's better. I would rather play. We, we throw them a bowl. They, they're independent. They need to fill their schedule. Yeah, I'd rather play New Mexico State than North Dakota again because I, I don't like playing FCS schools that are that good. Yeah, that we say that that isn't a we don't want to play you, North Dakota. That's a we don't want to play you because you're really good. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to roll the dice. If, it, if any fighting harks are listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you're not, yeah. got a lot of respect for you. You had us trembling in our in our chairs last week for yeah. about the first half. But I will say I walked kind of you know after the game I was walking I was sidelined so I was like leaving leaving the arena kind of uh, walking by their locker room and they were all kind of out in their locker room getting ready to be on their bus. And they all looked so, like, upset and sad. And, like, obviously no one likes to lose football games. They have nothing to be ashamed of right now. Like, they came in, they won the first quarter. Really, they won the first half, like, honestly, against a team that's just way better than them, like, way bigger, way stronger than them. They played great, honestly, and they're going to be a really good program. They're not going to lose very many more football games the rest of the season. Parker, I have a confession I have to make for, for you and all the listeners. What's up? Following the the Friday night victory for Utah State over North Dakota, I was leaving the the athletic complex, finishing writing my stories and stuff. And when I left, um, so what had happened was the North Dakota they had a a bunch of Jimmy Johns or something or Jersey Mike's, Jersey Mike's laying <laughs> out, and then they had a cooler full of Gatorades. Yeah. And when I walked out there, everyone was gone, but there remained one orange Gatorade, <laughs> and I took that Gatorade and I drank it. You are a terrible person. I know. You are a terrible person. Yeah, but now it's off my chest. I okay. feel a lot. I feel well, a lot better. I'm glad you told everybody that you stole Gatorade from an FCS school. So I yeah. hope you feel good about yourself. <laughs> hope it was worth it, Jacob. Um, okay, so let's talk about Air Force. Are you? How are you feeling going into this game? Because like I said, I feel good that we're two zero. Looking back, I feel great. Looking forward, the next three games are an absolute gauntlet. So looking back, I feel good. Looking forward, not so much. How do you feel moving forward into this Air, uh, Air Force game? In Colorado Springs, what do you what do you expect to see and how are you feeling? Oh man, it's gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be you you mentioned you think this is the biggest game on the schedule. It certainly is one of the defining games of the year for Utah State. And here's the deal, the past two years, they kicked our butts. They had our number the past two years. They had our number, man. Mm-hmm. Just both those games, they just kinda 
scored early and just dominated the whole way through, dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, even defensively, which yeah. Air Force doesn't do that on defense, at least. They shouldn't. Not against But, but they did. But they <laughs> yeah. did. Um, so it's going to be a dogfight. I have spoken with a couple of the players this week, and especially some of the players that are going to – or that have been a part of this that aren't new transfers, like yeah. A.J. Bombachan. Um, I got to speak with him briefly after practice uh-huh. yesterday or whatever, and he said, my freshman year – it was awful because it was snowing in Colorado Springs. He said the guy in front of him got hurt and he had to get thrown in, and they just got the rear ends handed to. 2019, 2020 just got manhandled. So yeah. AJ Vomachon, AJ Vomachon, his two games. I was talking to him uh-huh. yesterday, and his two games have not gone well against Air Force, and yeah. a lot of the other guys can say the same thing. And so, beyond the importance of the conference, and this is a defining game, but for these guys, they've been embarrassed by Air Force the past two years, and so they have. Yeah massive chip on their shoulder to go in in there and try to slow down this wishbone triple option and uh, come away, come away with the victory. So I don't know. Do you think they got the shot to do so, it, Parker? So going right along with what you're saying, the past two years, Air Force has beat us with a, uh, by a combined score of 66 to 39. Um, and really it was a lot worse than that last year. Um, that's taking into account the 2019 where we played a little bit better. Um, but, I mean, these guys have really, really had our number. Air Force is a team that doesn't characteristically blow teams out, um, except for Navy last week. But, I mean, even then, they only put up, like, 23 points, right? Yeah. Like, um, Air Force, whenever you play a service academy, those are generally uh, lower-scoring games. So the fact that we've been blown out by Air Force really twice in a row um, does not give me a lot of confidence going in. Uh, that being said, it's kind of a completely different team. It's a completely different coaching staff. Um it's going to be really interesting because I've been kind of digging into this series and kind of digging into these teams. Air Force, I think, has been sneaky good since, like, 2019. 2019, they only lost, like, two games. Uh, they actually beat Washington State in their bowl game they played that year. Um, 2020 was just a weird year, so it's kind of hard to hold anything against them. Half their and team then, actually opted out of last season. That's Yeah, that's because true. Because the that's, service yeah. academy, there was so much uncertainty, and so when they found out they weren't going to have a Mountain West football season... I believe 40% of the team opted out of being a part of the academy for the semester. Yeah. And so, yeah, last year, anything, last year anything that happened last year really that was bad weird. for them, you can't yeah. read too much into. Yeah, so, you know, you can't help but, like, look, and, you know, they're 2-0 as well. And, again, like, I don't want to read too much into that for us. I don't want to do the same thing for them. Like, I don't want to make their 2-0 any bigger than it is. But if you take this year's 2-0 skip over 2020 and have it be a continuation of 2019, that's a terrifying like win streak. It's a terrifying team. So I really don't know. I don't know what to expect really from either either team on either side of the ball. I think I think there's a shot. I think we have a better shot this year than we did the past two years, obviously. Last year, by the time we got to Air Force, um, we were start, you know struggling and you know obviously lost that game. Um, this year, we're, we're 2-0 with a Pac-12 win under our belt. Um, so we're, we're certainly not the, te- the same team we were. So I have, I have some keys to the game on the Utah State side mm-hmm. um, that I wrote for a piece that will be in the Statesman probably probably by the time this airs, right? Yeah. So, um, so let's go over those because I've kind, of, I've kind of dug into what I think is the most important parts of these two, these two games. And I honestly think um, not only is this one of the more important games for Utah State, it's going to be a really intriguing game for Utah State. Um, because Air Force has that triple option that they run, which makes them unique. There's not very many teams that run the triple option. 
But Utah State also has a unique offense in that we have a dual-headed dragon at the quarterback position, and Blake Anderson seems to want to continue that. You know, he's he's been extremely vocal that he has liked how that's worked and he wants to keep Peasley involved. So, you know, yeah, they're difficult to uh, plan against, but we've been difficult to plan against too because they don't know, you know, they don't know when they're going to line up and look up and see Andrew Peasley in the backfield instead of Logan Bonner. So um, I think both teams are just incredibly difficult to to plan for. So I, I think it's going to be one of, like, it's going to be an intriguing game to watch, and I, I'm excited to watch the game. But um, so I have, I'll go through the keys to the game I have on the Utah State side. And then we can go back and kind of talk about some of them and, uh, you know, talk about the ones that you, uh, you think are important. But for the first one, I have dominate the first quarter. Uh, number two, I have stop the option, which is an obvious one. Kind of a cop-out, honestly. The, <laughs> the third one, uh, another, another coach-speak one, I, uh, my third key to the game is find a way around the defense. Uh, my fourth is limit turnovers. My fifth is stay focused. Um, so those are my five keys to the game for Utah State. So let's let's talk about some of those. Um, obviously, dominating that first quarter is really important for Utah State. Something we haven't done this year. Um, that's kind of the one fault we've had. Like our biggest downfall, I think, is our um, first quarter and first half performance. Um, how important do you think that first quarter is against the Air Force team? Well, it's crucial, and I'm gonna steal your stat that you just told me. But yeah. Air Force is seven and one in their last game since 2019 when they scored first 7-0 7-0 7-0 so in their past 14 games they're 7-0 they're going to they be 7-1 seven seven on Saturday if they score first they'll be 7-0 on Saturday if they score first yes but as of right now in their past 14 games are 7-0 when they score first yeah and with that the way that they run their offense and stuff and it's just so it's so dominant of the possession because the triple option they're running every time they don't they don't throw Hazik Daniels their quarterback he threw 10 times for three completions against Navy the yeah. other day. So they just pound the rock, right? And so the clock's just constantly ticking. And then when they score first, they got you right where they want you, right? Because they can just keep doing what they're doing. What happens is if they get behind, that's when they got to start breaking out of their kind of their norm a little bit. Yeah. And then that's when you can get them flustered and that's what you want. But if they score on the first possession, it's really bad news because they can just keep doing what they're doing. And I will say... It also shows if they can score right away, um, it's a big concern because a lot of the, with the triple option is it wears you down a lot, right? And so yeah. sometimes the triple option, you can have that advantage come in the second half because you're, you've worn out a defense. Yeah. But if you're able to score off of the first or second possession on the triple option, that's an implication that, oh, this team might not be able to stop you. Yeah, no, I agree. So. I, that actually kind of plays into two of the keys I have for Air Force. Air Force's keys to the game I have, score first and control the pace. Those go hand in hand. If Air Force can come out and, you know, push the Aggies around in the first quarter, if they score first, the Aggies are, are fighting from behind, which they can't afford to do that this game because Air Force is a team that doesn't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. You know, you kind of mentioned, like, if Utah State gets ahead and they force Air Force to play behind, even then, Air Force isn't a team that gets flustered they're not a team that throws interceptions i mean even then like they're so good at controlling the pace that you really have to dominate that first quarter i'd love it if we could get you know a field goal and a touchdown in that first quarter you know go up 10-0 because then you really have to then they really have to start throwing the ball Um, but another interesting thing about this air force team is they are like in the top 30 least penalized 
schools in the nation. Believe it or not, Navy and Army are right up there too. I mean, they're just a, a disciplined bunch of kids, but they're they're a team that when they are playing from behind, they just they just don't make mistakes. You know, so it's it's one that you can't let them get in their groove early, or else, like you said, they're gonna just take a lead and they're just gonna sit on it. You know, if they if they score on their first drive and we can't match it, they're just gonna burn the rest of the first quarter just marching down the field on, you know, a bunch of three-yard gain runs and stuff. So you really have to dominate that first quarter. And honestly, by dominate the first quarter, that might just mean prevent Air Force from dominating the first quarter. Even if no one scores in the first quarter, I think it's a bad sign because, like you said, that Air Force offense is just meant to wear you down. Um, but you for sure can't let Air Force get, get out on top early. So I, I think that's crucial. And here's the key. Here's how you shut her down. You shut down the dive the dive is that first option when Isaac Daniels, he'll give it to the fullback, Brad Roberts. That's go-to play. That's what the triple option, if you can just establish that and that first option works, it's a triple option. You want to take your first option and just go down the field. But yeah. they can shut down the dive early on and force Hazik out of the pocket to pitch it to someone else or take it himself. That's what you got to do. And that's not to say you stop the dive, you stop the offense because there's two other options. Yeah. But that's, that's where it begins, right? And yeah, that, no, it's I mean, in the trenches. Yeah. You have to you have to shut down Brad Roberts when he's handed the ball. If you take away one of the options, suddenly it's a double option. Yeah. Taking away another option and suddenly it's a single option offense and no one's winning a game with no one's, know, winning, no, no one's winning a single option offense. So not in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. Yeah, not in twenty twenty one. Um so I, I think that's that's crucial too. If you can just take away some of those options, you know. Um and the other thing about Air Force is all of these service academies kind of have a have that built in size disadvantage, which is kind of why they run the wishbone in the first place. Um, so if, if Utah State can get out there and really dominate the uh, uh, dominate the trenches, uh, that'll help we, help take away some of those options. Um, honestly, that'll help on both sides of the ball, uh, but you, you can't let Air Force push you around um, in the trenches. Here's something interesting, though, that Blake Anderson said. Uh, guilty as charged. I haven't done enough research to tell you who these guys are, what side of their ball they're on, but Blake Anderson's like, they got two 300-pounders on their line, which... Yeah. What we've heard, what I've heard is Air Force, their academy has changed some of the requirements for if you can be admitted into the Air Force. Because, I mean, traditionally you have to be small enough to enter a fighter jet. Yeah. But I think they found out, like, oh, man, we need someone to, like, lift the engines into the jet and, like, yeah, clean the windows, and stuff, right? Yeah. And so they brought in these, they have some big boys now. So we should, we're still bigger in depth, but this isn't the Air Force team of old that just is completely tiny. They do. Yeah. They have two, three hundred pounders. Times have definitely changed, but we still do have a size advantage up front. Absolutely, um, and that is like that's a good point. Like it's just such an interesting dynamic when you're playing against service academy schools, um, and it makes it really fun, honestly. But you have to remember, like all these kids are cadets in the Air Force; they're not just going to school. So, if the Air Force, like if the United States Air Force doesn't have a need for them after graduation, they're not going to play football for the academy. So. That's why that's why the size advantage has been more drastic in the past. Um, they're finding a way ways around that, not for football, but it certainly benefits a football team. And then we kind of talked about you know my key, my second key to the game, stopping the option. We talked about that. Um, honestly, one of the best and only ways to stop the triple option is to take away option. Also, Justin Rice is a great way to stop the option. Um, we talked about him a couple weeks ago on the show. He actually, uh, we're we're lucky enough to have an interesting situation with Justin Rice where he's played Air Force before as a Fresno State Bulldog, um, and he played really well. He led the game in tackles that game. So uh, Justin Rice is going to be the X factor of this game, I think, at least on the defensive side, just to slow down their offense a little bit. you got to be so disciplined on defense. Like, every team you play, you got to be disciplined. But there's certain, with the way the option goes, 
Um, a lot of it involves getting one-on-one scenarios for the offense. Yeah. And so a lot of it, a lot of the time, they want to put their athletes in a position to get by your guy. And so if Bombachan or Gilliam or Rice meets Roberts one-on-one, they got to make that tackle because everyone else is blocking. They're out on the edge. Roberts gets by, and a three-yard gain turns into a 15-yard gain, right? Yeah. And those are the plays. If you can hold them, if you can limit them to those minimal yardage gains, that's how yeah. you're not not going to completely stop it because they run it better than anybody. Yeah. And you've only been prepping for it for a week, right? Yeah. But if you can get those first tackles, that makes a world of a difference. And that's something that hasn't happened. It's in those one-on-one matchups in past games, Air yep. Force has beaten them, and then it gets to the secondary, and that's when all of a sudden a five-yard game becomes a 20-yard game, and all of a sudden yeah. they're in the end zone. So, And that, that's a big thing that Blake Anderson has talked about recently just in on the, on the defensive side in general, and Coach Bond has talked about it a lot too, is limiting those explosive plays. And with Air Force, they're a team that doesn't rely on explosive plays to gain yards. So if Air Force is planning on just getting a three-yard gain and then another three-yard gain, and you let them turn one of those gains into 15 yards, that's really bad. You know, because you know, they're, they're a team that doesn't need that to survive. So any extra yards you give this team, they're really going to punish you because they're so consistent on those small yard plays that if they break through every once in a while, it's just a cherry on top for them because that's not even what they are trying to do. And so, yeah, eliminating those explosive plays. And I think that really comes down to what Coach Bonda has been, you know, working, you know, Coach Bonda and Coach Jackson um, in the weight room, you know, this team tackles better than than the teams I've, I've watched recently. This team, they don't miss tackles. Like, they find the ball, they they get to it, and they, they wrap up and they tackle. So hopefully that translates, hopefully that comes through in this game because uh, you really need to – you just can't miss tackles against Air Force um, because, the way, like you said, the way they run their option, you don't have – a backup guy like you don't get help side defense like they almost play as if there's another guy they almost play as if they have a 12th guy on the field every home they, is blocking there's no one there's yeah, no receivers downfield no way everyone's on the line just blocking they're in your face yeah so it's a tough tough offense to play against especially if you're going to miss assignments or miss tackles so none of that you can't have any of that if you're going to beat the option and beat the, uh, beat the falcons and then the the fourth key that i have is limit those turnovers that sounds like just a, a cliche coach speak, oh, you can't have turnovers. Um, but it's so true against this Air Force team. I think it's more true against Air Force than, than any other team because at the end of the day, against Air Force, you're going to have less possessions than any other game. They play so slow that you are not going to have that many drives. So you cannot afford to give them up. you gotta, you got to capitalize every single drive. So that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying with limit turnovers. Like, obviously, you always want to limit turnovers, but this Air Force team, you're going to get the ball a lot less, so you can't, you can't fumble the ball, you can't throw interceptions. Even punts, usually a punt is fine, right? You know, not a big deal. you got to cut back on punts this game. you got to get either in the end zone or put it through the uprights every drive because you're not going to have that many. I'm excited to see uh, what our offense can do against this AFA defense. Um, they're extremely stout, and they can force turnovers. They force a turnover against Navy, and they could certainly do that again yeah. on Saturday. But we we like to think that our offense is going to have certain um, advantages and opportunities in this game. And, Parker, what are some of those? So, honestly, the advantages on offense, we kind of skipped over my third key to the game, Probably. is just find a way around the defense. 
um, because the the way to the way to beat this Air Force team is in the air. Ironically, uh, you know, <laughs> if yeah, off the football field, the Air Force dominates the dominates the air. On the football field, um, their their secondary has been a little bit weak. Um, this is the Air Force Academy is not a school you're going to run the ball against a lot. You're not going to pick up a lot of yards. Um, I mean, their defense is just really good, like sturdy defense. Anyways, they gave up 68 yards total offense last week against Navy. 68. 68 yards total offense. So they're a really good defense, anyways. But in their in their first game against Lafayette, I they could gave run up, 68 yards in like less than 15 seconds, dog. I could run in less than 15 minutes. Maybe. But you, like, Maybe. Navy obviously loses that game, right? Like, if you only get 68 yards of total offense, they were that's lucky not to even, have a field goal. That's not even all the way down the field. So that's a, that's, re- that's, I think it's an accomplishment by Air Force more than it is you know, a, a mistake by Navy. But still, I mean, that's a really good defense. The game before, though, Air Force gave up, uh, they played Lafayette, they gave up 243 yards in the air and 43 on the ground. So this is a team that is really difficult to run against. So you're going to see a lot of DT in this game. You're going to see a lot of McGriff. You're going to see a lot of Brandon Bowling. You're going to see a lot of Derek Wright. Because you have to. you got to throw the ball over him. When's my dog Van Leeuwen going to get in the game? They threw it, threw it to him once against Washington State. Yeah, I think he has. screen ball. Yeah. Ball camp. Um, but you're right. you gotta you got to get your wide receivers, and it's the deepest group on the offense, and Brandon Bowling, he said this in Monday's press conference, but he's like, they're like, oh, man, it was like you and DT have the big games. He's like, yeah, it's not like we designed, like, okay, you guys are going to go have this big game. So it's yeah. just we have so many playmakers yeah. that any of us could do it. And I think Devin Tompkins probably stands out from everyone else, just his speed and his hands. DT just, is – He's just one of a kind. The, he's the man. Yes, he's the man. But everybody else, what's stopping Scarver, what's stopping Wright from having a big game? And – when you have so many of those options, yeah. it's so, so, so valuable, and it's going to be valuable, and it has to be valuable on Saturday. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It has to be. You have to find a way to, to utilize that, and hopefully our, our guys up front, our offensive line, you know, that size advantage should still be there. Um, so hopefully they can, you know, buy the quarterback time. It's going to be Bonner for a majority of this game. Um, hopefully they can buy Bonner some time and let those receivers get down the field and go deep against Air Force because that's how you're going to win. Um, you know, the offensive line with that size advantage should be able to open up some holes for, the for you know, our running backs. Um, but the game is going to be won by the wide receivers. It's also interesting. Air Force is one of those teams that you kind of have to throw everything you have at them. So Andrew Peasley's going to play. Like, he's going to get time in this game. Um, but it's hard for me to really uh, wrap my head around or it's hard for me to predict what his role will be because he is kind of a guy that relies on his feet a lot, which is something Air Force shuts down a lot. I think you're going to see him come in for a change of pace. Air Force is kind of a defense that kind of likes to just stagnate you, and that's a great time to put in Andrew Peasley. He's just instant electricity off the bench. So I think you're going to see Andrew Peasley. I just don't know how effective he's going to be. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, but you're definitely, you're definitely going to see both quarterbacks play this game. I guarantee you my dog, Anthony Tucker, he's got some stuff in his back pocket. They're going to be using Peasley. And he's too valuable. Just yeah. you saw that run against North Dakota. Like it's, oh yeah, it's just kind of it's simple. If you want to win sports, you got to put your athletes in the games. And he's not our best passer, Logan Bonner is. And so mm-hmm. obviously he's not the gunslinger. The gunslinger from Texas, but he's so fast with his legs that 
you've got to find packages just yeah. to use them. And if they do go pass heavy on Saturday, which we could see happening, yeah, and then that would be they could find an optimal time to throw Peasley in and yeah. catch AFA off guard. Yeah, I kind of liked the the way we ran it against North Dakota last week, uh, where they kind of just put him in right at the end of the half. North Dakota wasn't expecting it. It was unfortunate because Peasley hadn't thrown a ball in a while. Blake Anderson kind of uh, admitted to, to that being kind of his fault after the game. But, uh, you know, Peasley gets in in the second half and runs a touchdown in. So he, he's just way too valuable. And, you know, I don't want to sound redundant, but I talked about it on Monday. To win football games, especially in the Mountain West, you have to get the most out of each player. Each individual player has to perform to his max. And so if that means giving Andrew Peasley two, three, four drives so you can get something out of him, that's perfect. And, and keep in mind, he scored a touchdown last week. And week one, he should have, but he got robbed by those three uh, false start penalties on the line. So it's not like Andrew Peasley's ineffective. It's just that Logan Bonders kind of solidified his role as a starter. Um, but I think there's definitely a place for Peasley on this team. And I think there's definitely a place for Peasley in this upcoming game. I just don't know what it'll be because his strong suit happens to be one of the things that Air Force is really good at shutting down. Still, though, expect to see both, but expect to see uh, another pass-heavy game like we did against North Dakota. It's just a big game. It is. I can't stress how big this game is. Because it's, let's look at let's look at the Mountain Division for, for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, New Mexico, they ain't no good. You got Colorado State, they're not any good. Wyoming, I, th- I think they're Wyoming's better good. than they are looking. You think so? I think they're going to wake up and be a little bit better, but yeah, they're I'll not, take, I'll take they're not great. Wyoming's got a great defense. Wyoming is they got Xavier on holiday, they're running back, but yeah, that'll be a good fight when we when we get to the bridge of rifle. But and yeah. then obviously you got the big bad Broncos of Boise. Yeah. But you look at Air Force, and that's a team that if we want to kind of solidify ourselves as an upper echelon, yeah, not just a as the conference, but of the division specifically. Yep, that's a game. It's a game you have to win, right? Yep. Because we know they're probably. I mean, I I'm not a fortune teller. I. Maybe they could be Boise this year and win the division. Like yeah. it's not out of the question, but they're probably but they're probably not, right? Yeah. And so if we want to be a team that is the top of the division, that's a game that we have to win, and yeah. it's a game that we're not favored to win. And that if you look at our whole body of work from recent years, obviously there's no reason that we're gonna win it. But if you yeah. look at specifically this team, and like we always say, and the coaches always say, this is a new team, and. Yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's, we're going to see how improved this team really is because yeah. we play AFA every year. They're pretty consistent in what they do. So let's, let's see, okay, how much improved is our toughness, our grit, our tackling, our execution? We're going to find that all out on Saturday more than we already have earlier this season. Yeah, no, and that's, that's kind of why I've been saying this game is so important because you have, you know, on the full schedule, but like you're saying, even just within our own division, you have your games that you're probably going to win and the games you're probably going to lose. Or the team that, like, an average team wins and an average team loses. Air Force is that game that's right in between. Air Force is the game, and it's the first one. I think there's a couple more later on. But it's the first game where it's like, look, an above-average team beats Air Force, a below-average team loses to Air Force. Where, what are we going to do? Who are we going to be? Um, and so it kind of defines who you are in within the division too. If you beat this, if you beat Air Force, you know you're probably going to beat the bottom teams in the division. Suddenly it's you and Boise up top. If you lose the Air Force, well, Air Force is going to be up top of Boise, and we're suddenly, you know, we're hanging out with Colorado State and Wyoming and New Mexico. That's not where we want to be. So this game is so important, like we've said for weeks at this point, 
you know, this, this, we're, we're going to learn so much about this team, even, you know, even after, I think, two games that we kind of learned a lot about this team anyway. Um, but, yeah, this is the first real challenge. It's the first game that I saw on the schedule that, you know what, this could go either way. Obviously, the first game went a different way than most people saw it, but this is the game that I think you're really going to start to find an identity of, okay, this is a good football team, or, okay, we're still rebuilding. We'll be, you know, we'll go 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven and be back next year. This is the game that decides that. The fifth key to the game that I have that I want to talk about real quick is something that we're terrible at. <laughs> Mostly I'm terrible at, um, but it's just to stay focused. Air Force Sorry, is... Sorry, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> Air Force is an incredibly disciplined team. Air Force is a team that makes you beat them. They're not going to lose games. Um, they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. Like I mentioned earlier, they're you know top 30 least penalized teams in football. Um, and Utah State's kind of on a roller coaster right now. You know, breaking records from you're going from breaking records in game one, being you know winning the first Power Five game since was it 13, and the first road Power Five game since like 1971. And then playing an FCS team. And, like, there's just so much going on that you play a good opponent and then a bad opponent, and then you're back to a good opponent. You have, you know, you're the you're 2-0 for the first time since 2012. You're, there's so many other distractions, even, like, off the football field. There's, like, all these different things that, that want the player's attention. They have to stay focused. If they even, like, a slight lapse in attention, Air Force is going to capitalize on that, take over the game, and, and win this game. So that's what I have on, you know, those those five pieces of the game for Utah State to to win this game, um, but like you said, like it's going to be a tough one. We're not projected to win. Uh, we're fav- Air Force is favored by eight, which didn't stop Utah State Week One. Um, interestingly, though, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, which by the way is like never right, <laughs> but it just gives another perspective. But we're they, journalists, so we, yeah. we we preach stats. Yeah, so they actually have. The the Utah State at fifty point two percent and Air Force forty nine point eight percent. Oh, that's yeah, um, that's notable. That's interesting. Um, those usually, by the way, do get more and more accurate the closer you get to games. Like if you were to look at games like at the end of our schedule, those numbers would be very skewed and a little bit weird. I'm not worried about the focus level of this team. Um, Same. I they're so so dialed in this season. Just just buying in to what. Anderson's been selling just it's an inspired group to an extent does, does that mean they're just gonna waltz in the Colorado State and just get it done we'll see right hopefully they they have they got some talent they have enough playmakers but yeah, it's just like we were talking about they just gotta they just gotta take away some of those options and you just gotta be disciplined and be the stronger team so yeah looking forward to it should uh should be a good one. We'll be, be uh be we'll huge. be all dialed in. So before before we go, I think that that covers you know that's everything I kind of wanted to cover on on the Air Force game coming up. I also wrote you know like I said I wrote a piece on it. Uh, so check that out for a little bit more of my thoughts on the upcoming game. But before we go, let's look at some of the other games in the Mountain West because it's a huge week for the Mountain West. Um, we have a lot of teams starting conference play and a lot of teams playing big opponents. I think we have what five Power Five games this week in the conference. Um, so might be six. We'll, it might, oh, it is six, I think. So we'll run through those. Um, Utah State Air Force, obviously, uh, both teams starting conference play. You want to talk about New Mexico? Yeah, for sure. So we got New Mexico start, and, your, and your boys. New Mexico's playing my dogs, the Gigum Fighting Aggies of there you go. Texas A&M College Station. Um, Texas A&M's missing their, their quarterback got injured against Colorado. They're a little, they they look a little bit iffy, game. but, man, they could, they could just bring in, like, 
11 of their students from the stands and they probably give the Lobos a fight. Like, yeah. So, yeah, A&M's going to get that done. Hawaii and San Jose State play in an, another conference game. That'll be interesting to see if Hawaii, their defense was supposed to be good. They haven't looked good. We'll see if uh, they put up a fight. San Jose's also looked a little bit different yeah, those, than I thought they would, too. Yeah, those are two teams that, especially San Jose State, we were high on. and So we'll see what happens there. Really excited for this matchup. Nevada and Kansas State. Big-time matchup. 12.05 Mountain on ESPN+. Plus. That's a little lame, but... Big-time matchup, Nevada, they beat Cal. Kansas State, obviously, is just kind of a staple, just like blue collar, just like we're going to just punch you in the mouth. So we'll see yep. what Carson Strong can do there. Ball State and Wyoming, that'll be interesting. Ball State, they won the MAC last year, so they're a good team. Utah, San Diego State, Utah is kind of reeling from their loss on Saturday. San Diego State just beat up on Arizona. So this is back-to-back weeks. The University of Utah has played a team that had just played Arizona. Um, and so. back-to-back Pac-12 teams for San Diego State. Yeah, exactly, Mundo. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see what the Aztecs can do there at home. Even though it's not really home, they're playing in LA or whatever. Right? So, so yeah. home. I've seen San Diego State travel to Las Vegas. LA's a home game for those for <laughs> those fans. Those San Diego State is a traveling fan base. They are a really good fan base. Uh, with basketball. Uh, that's you, true. You that's true. I I think they'll travel to LA for a football game. I think so. Against Pac-12 school, you, yeah, you'd hope think, so. Against Utah, they will. Colorado State Toledo. Toledo is always a fun team. You know, the Rocketmen, they just, I don't know what their actual real name is, but they just kind of fly around. And so we'll see if the Rams can uh, get their first win there. Yeah, they'll have to bounce back. We'll see. And then our boys, the Fighting Aggies, the Logan, take on Air Force. And then this is another exciting game. FS1, it's in Boise. The Boise State Fighting Broncos play the big, bad Oklahoma State. I almost said the Sooners. The big, bad Oklahoma State (laughs) Cowboys out of Stillwater, Oklahoma in the Big 12. So we'll see if Hank Batchemeyer and, and the co, uh, they're still they're still reeling from that UCF loss. Like that, I so. I mean, that they, was a bad taste in their mouth. They were winning was, that game. That then. was. And like I mentioned, I think they're mad about the pe- the Big 12 invite oh, that they didn't get. So, yes. But they, they did beat UTEP, but they were expected to. But, again, like this is their first real test on the field oh, this, since this all is a of grudge this. Match. So, this is a yeah. grudge match against Bob Bowlesley and yeah. all the Big 12. They're gonna, yeah. They want to prove tonight. You sh- should be regretting not inviting us. Boise That's State's going to come out and play. They're going to come out swinging. And so. it's at home, and the fans are going to be angry. So that's honestly, like, if if I had to uh, – it's tough. Like, there's a, there's a couple must-watch games for me um, other than our own. Um, that's one of them, though. Oh, yeah. Um, that one, and then pro- – I mean, I don't think you've talked about it yet, but Fresno-UCLA is the other one. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting there. Be patient. Yeah, man. Right, my bad. <laughs> I, I'm getting ahead of you. Uh, you continue. Continue. Don't UNLV, Iowa State. Another one in Las Vegas, another Mountain West school hosting a Power 5 school. The third one, another I believe. Another ranked, ranked team, too. Yeah. Um, poor Iowa State, man. They got rolled by their in-state rival. Brock Purdy, he's an Arizona guy. I like to cheer for the West Coast foes. But they're, they're going to take care of UNLV. Just, they're they're going to win. Yeah, last game of the last game on the list here, one of the later ones of the night. Who could it be? It's going to be the fight. In, <laughs> I wonder what this game is. The fight in Bulldogs of Fresno from the, the Central Valley. Headed down to uh, Beverly Hills, or well, it's in Pasadena. The stadium's in Pasadena. UCLA yeah. itself is kind of a Beverly Hills. They take on UCLA, the Bruins. Bruins have had a really good start. To the year. <laughs> They've Fres- been good, but Fresno's look good too. Fresno looks they, good. Fresno looks really good. They were Fresno two stupid turnovers from beating Oregon, who just beat Ohio State. So yeah. we're really thrilled. This is my this one. 
and probably the Nevada Kansas State game. Those these okay, are the so two that I'm most excited this for. This is your this is your must watch, and then Nevada Kansas State. Actually, but man, Boise I, Oklahoma State, dude, this is not can- conference week for the Mountain it's, West. It's a good, epic, it's a man. good one. And then and then of course like the conference play starting not only for us but for San Jose Hawaii. That's kind of a oh yeah almost a must watch as well. But lots of, lots of good games. If I had to pick one must watch. I gotta go. I gotta go. Fresno, UCLA. I want to go. I wanted to do uh, Boise, Oklahoma State, but I just can't do it. Fresno, UCLA should be the best matchup this week. What are you? What about you? Oh yeah, it's, you have to pick one. Just one. If I just gotta pick one, well, you you took the one I was gonna pick, so that's not cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna pick the same one. Just the just the pettiness and the the grudginess. I don't think grudginess is a word, man. But Oklahoma State and Boise State. It's gonna be in Boise. Boise yeah. State fans are decent but they'll show up for a big game like this and it'll yeah. be it'll be a good atmosphere there on the smurf turf so yeah we'll see yeah we'll see what they can do against uh against the cowboys and then i think third place i think we both agree it's probably nevada kansas state yeah. that's a big one too um so does anybody in the mountain west i mean there's a couple obvious yeses does anybody in the mountain west have a shot to be ranked by the end of the uh, by the end of this week nevada i believe Nevada, if they win, if they beat Kansas State, I believe they got a fighter's chance. They're already receiving votes. They're 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 right now the closest in the in the conference. They're the highest yeah. in the conference. They got the best um, chance. I mean, and Fresno then, Fresno is the obvious one. If they win, obviously they'll be they'll be in the top twenty five. Yeah, they're, no, that's a good. They're point. they're real close right now. They're receiving votes. If they beat number thirteen UCLA, they're in. So that's that's any... the obvious one. I think Nevada though. I think you're right. I think if Nevada beats a Big Twelve Kansas State, Kansas State's two and L right now as well. Uh, if Nevada wins, I think they're in. If New Mexico beats A and M. I would vote for him. <laughs> if Nevada, no. If New Mexico beats AM, hell's going to freak they, they will get votes. Like, you know, they'll get votes. They don't deserve to get votes, but they will. I'll be texting um, my boy Josh for a long. What about, what about San Diego State with Utah? You think that's enough? San to get Diego them? State, didn't they lose their first game? No, San Diego State's 2 0. They, oh, they man, were losing. That's, right. that's the one. That's, I, right, that's my bad. I texted too early. I sent the don't you look now text too you early. I the don't look now in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so they yeah they beat um, New Mexico, New Mexico State. State and then beat Arizona beat Arizona yeah I mean, so theoretically I don't think they will because if they win they're right there though they're right there but if they win more of that's gonna look bad on Utah like oh man yeah. Utah might be trash yeah, that's true so, so a couple a uh, couple teams that are gonna be right there I think if they win Utah State if they win they're not even close I think Utah State has to win at least their next two maybe three to really be in that conversation but. Um, but I'll take a win. But yeah, I think I think there's a lot of teams in the Mountain West that are really looking to prove themselves on the national level. I think there's a couple teams that can this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have a ranked team at the end of the week. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Hopefully two. I think we could get two. Yeah, no, that would be great for the conference. It would be. going to be exciting Saturday for the Aggies from the Mountain West. We're thrilled for it. Huge pleasure week. pleasure being here, Parker, on the podcast. Again. Thanks for coming. I'm Thanks not, for coming I'm not here every time, but it's a pleasure. Please I am here every it. time. So yeah, we, we love having you back on. That's all we have. We'll be back on Monday Monday morning covering all those games we just talked about, hopefully covering some of our Mountain West teams in the top 25 and hopefully covering some some exciting games that are about to happen. So tune in to all those. Tune in on Monday when we're back. Stay safe out there. Buy your tickets. Shout out to Brock Miller. That's going to wrap up our show. That's it. Go Aggies.